it simple, keep it small, and there will be enough for all. Take a little, give a lot. Thank Mother Earth and Father Sky for what you've got. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Green Woman Podcast. I am your host, Reggie Weber, and a member of the Green Woman Leadership Initiative. As Green Women, we are concerned about self-care practices, women's issues, healthy living, nature healing, the environment and climate change, social justice activism, and living in harmony with Mother Earth. Today, I am so happy that we are, my guest today is Dave Van Manen. He is husband to Helene, who has been on this podcast show a couple of times, the father to Sierra and Sequoia, and the grandfather to Jude and Scarlett. His background includes the nonprofit world of environmental education and the world of children's music, music therapy, and music education. He is the co-founder of Earthkeeper Nature School and the founder of the Mountain Park Environmental Center, which now is operating under the name of Nature and Wildlife Discovery Center in Colorado. He loves to read, hike, watch birds, grow food, backpack, and be outdoors as often as he can. He is a passionate advocate for the natural world, our public lands, and wilderness. So today I have Dave on here to talk about public lands, which I really didn't know that much about until I started reading and listening to some of the information that he sent. And there will be a video and a reading that I will post at on the description of the podcast, and you can go there and get some more information when we're done. So welcome, Dave. It's so excited to have you here today. And what I want to know, what, and I think our audience was too, is what exactly are public lands? Well, I'm first. Thank you for having me, Reggie. It's it's a thrill to um, be here with you, and I love talking about public lands. And you know, public lands are a uniquely American idea. Mm. Um, we have 640 million acres of of the United States that are owned by you and me and all of the citizens of our country. They belong to us, hmm. and they are—they um, are the commons. They are something that we uniquely have here in America that we can go out and hunt and fish and hike and bird watch, where many other countries don't have this. Many years ago, I was speaking on a panel at a university, and we were talking about public lands. And one of the audience members was a professor mm-hmm. of, of I, I can't remember, natural resources or something like that. But what she used to do is she would meet with her class and they'd go out on some public lands and, you know, do this hike. And she'd talk about this or that. And she had several students over the years that were from Europe, so from Eastern European nations. And she said they always said the same thing. She said, you mean we can go out on these lands and we're allowed to? Because where I'm from, you can't go do this. You can't just go out into a forest or a meadow unless you happen to know the landowner. 
Oh. And she said, no, here in the United, he said, here in the United States, we are the landowners. And of course, we have various agencies that are responsible for managing these, but they're managing those lands for us. Right. And I, I'll go through some of the I'll go through some of those agencies, those 640 million acres. Most of those are broken up into various kinds of designations. And one of four federal agencies manage those. But before I even talk about that, let me just talk about also there are state lands that are owned by the state. Mm -hmm. And so the citizens of that state really um, have access to those public lands, although state lands can be somewhat different than federal. And then even your local parks, municipal parks, city parks, those are also public lands. Of course, those are, you know, owned and managed by, you know, your more local governments, but they are also public lands. Um, so much of the focus these days is on federal public lands because there's a lot of threats to those. So let me go over kind of the four major agencies that are responsible for managing these. Great. And the first one is called the Bureau of Land Management or BLM. Now, there was a time when it was kind of called, oh, it's the Bureau of Logging and Mining. And it really <laughs> shouldn't be called that because their responsibility is to manage that land for many uses. Yeah, some logging, some mining, um, but also for recreation and conservation and wildlife habitat and all of that. And they manage almost 250 million acres. Wow. Now, just for a little perspective, the state of Connecticut, mm -hmm. the state of Connecticut is three is about three and a half million acres total. The state of Minnesota is about 54 million acres total. So that just gives you an idea from a size standpoint that the BLM manages almost 250 million acres. That's a lot of land. Yes, it is. Okay, so the next agency, the next agency is the United States Forest Service, and they manage a little less than 200 million acres. Then there's the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and they manage about 90 million acres, and they are re responsible mainly for wildlife refuges. And then there is the National Park Service that manages about 84 million acres. And so add that all up, and that comes close to 640 million acres of land. Wow. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. And all for yes. us. All for we all the for people. Us. We the people. Now, of course, there are so many resources that certain companies can exploit and make a whole lot of money off of. And they are on these public lands. And so like the BLM, the Forest Service, a part of their mandate is to manage those so the logging is done sustainably. Right. So the mining is done in a, in, in a, in a you know, friendly way you know, to the environment. Does that always happen? Definitely not. Mm -hmm. And the argument over how to manage these public lands has been going on since day one, and they will continue to go on. And on one side, you've got the preservationists and the recreationists, and you've got the bird watchers and the hunters, and, and you've got the miners and the loggers, and, you know, that tension going back and forth between all of these agencies. And, you know, should we allow, you know, ATVs to go in places, and should we not allow ATVs, and should we allow this kind of hunting and this and that? So, you know, it's it's 
but the, again, that's what democracy is. Right, democracy right. Trying to figure that all out. The sad thing is lately we have, um, you know, lots and lots of, of federal laws and, um, and it, it, there's been a real push in the direction of diminishing the public say in what happens to these lands and increasing the corporate and industry influence over what happens. And, you know, it's, it's probably not a surprise to lots of folks that the Trump administration has pretty much done everything they could to squeeze out the public say in what happens and pretty much given, you know, free reign in, in many ways to um, what happens on our public lands. Right, right. Um, and that is going back to the corporations and the greed and wanting yes. more and more money. Um, and that's putting everything at stake. You know, our whole environment is going to be crippling if we go in that direction. Um, exactly. It ruins not only the trees and the ground, but we're developing um, toxins and chemicals more and more. And just to say that we, the people, don't even get them because then they put up walls and gates and we still yep. can't get into that. And a lot of those um, up in Alaska in the Arctic Circle and, you know, down in Utah, those are all ancient history that people, we the people want to go back and look at where we came from. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we have to remember that before they were public lands, they were native lands. Correct. In fact, before any any part of North America became whatever we call it now, they were native lands. And, you know, I will say that during the Obama administration, the last four years, the head of the Department of Interior, which is responsible for a lot of these lands, um, was Sally Jewell. And she worked really hard to include Native voices in coming up with some plans. Um, in particular, there's the Bears Ears National Monument in Utah. And that is so important to many Native tribes. And Sally Jewell worked with them, and they came up with a plan and created a national monument called Bears Ears National Monument. Yep, I remember not reading big, that. Yeah, not as big as what the Native folks want. There was some compromise, and, you know, it was really uranium mining that wanted um, access to some of that. And, you know, Trump came along and just cut that down to only 15% of its original size. And there's, there was much despair, including within myself. And now um, the, the hope is that our new Department of Interior Secretary, Deb Haglund, who is a Native American, she will be the very first Native American uh, Department of Interior Secretary. And she will have a huge responsibility to oversee many of these lands, national parks included. And there's a lot of hope that she will try to undo much of Trump's damage. Yeah, and that's what it is. It is damage, and it could even yes. be damaging um, for the future. And and for you know, really, when you get down to it, I read something um, I, in Terry Tempest too in her book um, about the hour of the land, and yes. it's about it's about extinction because yes. we keep we keep destroying it. And those people may have money, but they're not going to be able to use it if no one's around. <laughs> well, 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, another factor that comes all into this right now is climate change. Right. Because climate change is now changing everything. Right. And there's a lot of argument about allowing um, oil and gas companies to mine for oil and gas and coal on public lands. And beyond the, you know, the argument of, yeah, they should have the right to do that. And they are public lands. And some of those public lands are meant for that. There's the whole deal that if these corporations go and invest millions and millions of dollars into fossil fuel infrastructure to pull that fossil fuel out of the ground, they're going to want to keep pulling that fossil fuel out of the ground. But now there's this whole new factor of greenhouse gases. Right. So we've got to we've got to get away from fossil fuels. So when the government gives the green light to build some pipeline and some company is going to put millions and millions and millions of dollars and probably more than that into building that pipeline, they are sure as hell going to want to use that pipeline. So right. that's a good that's a good reason to say, hey, before we we because remember, it should be a, a government of the people, by the people, for the people. Mm-hmm. When that government gives the green light to one of these companies to do this or that fossil fuel um, infrastructure development, yeah, does that mean that for the next 50 years they're going to want to be, you know, using that infrastructure to create fossil fuels? We don't need to be keeping those fossil fuels pumping. We need to keep them in the ground. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, I I know a person, I'm not going to mention the name here on the air, but I do know a person that said um, at one time, you know, uh, you know, when we have our native people on the lands that they want to go in and put in those lines, he always says, well, okay, okay, fine. Then you double wall them and nobody double walls them. So double wall them. And if there's an issue, you're responsible dotted line. That's it. But of course, they won't do that. Well, of course, because it's all about corporations are all about the bottom line, right? Maximizing profits. But and even that, I mean, there are ways we can double hold the ships, you know, that ship that around and double and that can be done. It'll cut into the profits. But then again, that does not take into account the the, kind of the, the more recent issue. And that is climate change. Right, right. And we really do need, need to get a handle on that. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, we're all going to go through extinction here, and it's going to be shorter than I think people yep. think. People think that we just are going to be a society that lives forever. But if you're concerned about climate change and do any research on it, uh, we are losing um, species on this earth. Oh, we are. And, we are. And species that we depend on. And yes. we can't do that. It's it's like our food. And it's terrible. Well, these are our brothers and sister species on our planet. Yes. And, yes. And, you know, so, so often these decisions are looked at strictly from a human-centered or an anthropocentric way of looking at things. You know, how does this impact humans? But, you know, I, I think, you know, our better selves are able to look beyond just ourselves and say, you know, how do our actions impact the grizzly bears, the salmon, the rattlesnakes, you know, the butterflies, you know, whether or not these, these species are of value to us, they are a part of the community of species that we share this planet with. And I think, 
you know, I, I want to believe that our higher selves will eventually recognize that we need to kind of live on this planet, not with only our own interest in mind, correct, but the interest of the entire planet, more of an, a biocentric, a life-centric way of looking at things. It, with that in mind, there's been this effort, and it's an international effort, and the uh, it's called the 30 by 30 initiative. Oh, I've heard of that. Yes, and the 30 by 30 initiative is this desire to have 30% of, well, I'll, I'll put it in the context of the United States, 30% of U.S. lands and waters protected by 2030. And the reason they say 2030 is the, you know, the, the climate scientists are saying by 2030, we need to have X amount of, of, you know, progress made towards reducing our greenhouse gases. And there's been a lot of research lately talking about the loss of biodiversity that is just astronomical. Yep. You know, you probably heard of the sixth great extinction and yep. we're underway. It's underway now and humans are the cause of it. And so we need to protect biodiversity. And this is where public lands come in. Oh, um, yeah. Of course, private lands, private lands are going to be a factor in this for absolutely sure. But public lands are so important in protecting habitat for species. Well, I guess my philosophy is all these other species were here way before we got here. Exactly. And it's their earth. It's their home as well as it is ours. And you're right. We need to live with this biodiversity together with all the species um, on exactly. the earth. Because, you know, I guess in retrospect, whether, I mean, the higher being, God, whatever you want to call them, um, we, we are all here and we all have a purpose and we're we wouldn't have had all those species put here if they weren't supposed to be here. Exactly. <laughs> they exactly. didn't just grow out of nothing. I mean, kind of they did, but um, some of them did, but yeah, we need it. And it's our, um, what it, I think Terry Tempest put it too. It's our consumption and overconsumption greed right. that is um, heading us in the way wrong direction. Exactly. I mean, there are, I mean, there's, there's lots of science that says that humans can live a very happy, healthy, well-resourced life, but still leave lots of room for everything else on the planet. Yes, I totally agree with that. I've been doing a lot of research on that, too. Yes. It's so true. Definitely. It's so, and there's a philosophy called deep ecology, mm -hmm. and it's all about that. It's all about looking at the human footprint on on the land that also acknowledges that we have other species that we share the planet with. And when we live with that ethic in mind, we will live differently than the way we live now, at least here in the Western, right. Western uh, countries. And we can say that this pandemic, in my opinion, I should preface that, in my opinion, but last night I heard people saying on TV again, like, well, when we can just get back to normal and I'm like, people, there is no normal. There will not be a normal. We are not going back to the way it was. This pandemic was a wake up call. That's how I look at it. 
Well, Reggie, there's a lot of science that totally supports what you're saying. The pandemic, in in many respects, is our lack of respect for nature. Yes, definitely. And, and, and we're just decimating habitats of creatures. And so those creatures and the foods that we eat, or at least in some Asian countries, are co-mingling. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those viruses are making their way from one species to another and ultimately into us. And if we think this is the last pandemic, we've got a big lesson ahead of us. We do. Um, And that's why, based on what you say about the public lands and our corporations in this country and what the people need, we, we need those public lands. And to move forward in a new world, we are going to be developing a new world. So we, we better start thinking really hard how we want our new world to come and fighting amongst each other isn't the answer. And I agree with you. Um, If we don't do this, we will be in our, we, as you said, we are already in our sixth extinction. Oh, we are. And there's many, many places all over that are citing that. And so um, I, uh, I, I really do think, you know, people have gotten really creative in this time and, I think we can move forward with that creation together as a people. We can. I mean, I hate to use a technology analogy, but we need to push. We're getting an opportunity to push the reset button. (laughs) Yes, definitely. You know, I love that. But will will we take that opportunity? I know many nations are. I've read, yes. I've read, you know, articles about many nations are saying, "Hey, you know what? We get to kind of take a step back." you know, repass, go, however you want to put it. And, um, you know, let's, let's kind of re redo. Cause you're right back. Going back to normal is really going back to more insanity. Well, it didn't work. It wasn't working and it got us well, to where we are today. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. and what, what's that saying? You know, if you do, what's the definition of insa- ins- the definition of insanity to do what you've always did and expect something different to come right. out of it. Yep. That's you so know, <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any final thoughts on what you would I do? Like to say? Um, yeah. I mean, I do have this one. I have, I have several quotes that, um, you know, I want to share, Good. but I'll, I'll, I'll have, I'll have one of them, but we just have to remember that public lands are one of the core cornerstones of the American experiment. You know, we also have to remember our country and this way of self-governing is an experiment in the world. And I think one of the things the last year or so have illustrated is that we've got some, some kinks to work out in the way we uh, our s- system of government works. But Correct. one of the wonderful aspects of our country, and, you know, talking about, you know, make America great. America already is great in that we have all these public lands. What a great idea. You know, Mm -hmm. we hear a lot lately about the disparity between the very wealthy and the rest of us. You know, the wealthier getting wealthier and the rest of us are just kind of, you know, struggling to get by. But the reality is when it comes to public lands, it's equal access. Right. You know, whether or not you have a silver spoon in your mouth or not, we can all go out on that land and take a hike and go camping and do do what we want to do on those public lands. Oh, that's so true, Dave. It really is. And we're fortunate to have that in this country. 
we are so fortunate to have that. And I, you know, this is why I am so, so passionate about spreading the word about public lands, because a lot of people don't know that you have clean water. You know why you have clean water? Because of that, that watershed that's on those public lands. You may not ever go to those public lands, but they are there serving you. <laughs> Yeah. And that water issue is another whole big um, discussion. And so I would, if you would love to, I would love to have you come back and we'll do one on water because um, I am so passionate about that. Um, One of my, one of my pet peeves just to kind of leave the people there um, with the water issue is building golf courses in the desert is not appropriate. (laughs) <laughs> well, people don't understand we have aquifers under all 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 the earth and we can't sure. be using them for watering the, the lawn in the desert and well, that subject is even more than i can handle right now but um let's let's make I that understand. a date to do a call talk on water okay yes well i'm certainly interested that in i live in a town that ran out of water twice in the last 20 years oh my gosh yeah. Oh, yeah. you'll so be, we, that'll be a good talk. <laughs> I have things to say about water, or as we say in New York, water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, can I read this quote? By, yes, let's share that quote. quote. by Terry Tempest Williams? Yes, okay, definitely. This is one of my favorites. The eyes of the future are looking back at us, and they are praying for us to see beyond our own time. They are kneeling with hands clasped that we might act with restraint, that we might leave room for the life that is destined to come. To protect what is wild is to protect what is gentle. Perhaps the wilderness we fear is the pause between our own heartbeats, the silent space that says we live only by grace. Wilderness lives by this same grace. Wild mercy is in our hands. Wow, what a powerful saying. Yeah, that's one to think about for a while. It is. I really like that one. And um, yeah, that's a lot to ponder about. So with that, thank you for that. And I would like to remind everybody that I am going to put this uh, video that Dave recommended uh, from YouTube and also a reading um, on the description Um, of the podcast. So I would like to give you all a big thank you for tuning in today and listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, or end review this podcast. They definitely are greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay informed, be healthy, live green, and in harmony with Mother Earth, our true mother. Keep it simple. Keep it small And there will be enough for all Take a little Give a lot Thank Mother Earth and Father Sky For what you've got